It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Here we go with the Week 13 Matchup Podcast here at FantasyPoints.com. I'm John Hansen, recording this Wednesday evening, November 30th, 6.30 p.m. Eastern, if you must know. Greg Cosell has been in the film room per usual. here breaking down everything from week 12, getting to as much tape as he can. We have his notes in hand. We're going to go through those notes, just a small sample of some of the insight we get from Greg Cosell at FantasyPoints.com. The live stream every Thursday night with me and Greg and Adam Kaplan uh, is... Uh, much more expansive than this podcast. This is a little bit of a, a taste here. Greg, good evening. How are you? I think I'm doing okay, John. How are you? Um, fighting off the, uh, you know, that little, uh, well, I guess we're well beyond the midseason rut. Um, I, I guess I'm, I'm not yet setting my sights on the home stretch, but we're getting close. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, you know, I've been, it's that time of year, so I've been wrapping up like a little bit of a cold, which fortunately did not really knock me out, but just, you know, became a little bit of a pain, but it's that time of year. Yeah, getting colder, temperature changing. Yeah, no, no quite. Oh, I had, a, I had a little thing uh, a couple of weeks ago. Anywho, let's get into it here, looking at your, your notes. I'm going to start with uh, McCorkle Jones. Um, I was pretty high on Mac Jones going into last week. Uh, granted a matchup had something to do with it, but I kind of saw them as trending in the right direction. And, you know, you saw the tape, talk about what you saw. I know uh, you felt that Mac was very (coughs) comfortable uh, in this game. What was it perhaps a matchup thing or might we be really getting on track offensively with uh, Mac Jones in the passing game? Well, I, I think we all know what kind of quarterback Mac Jones is and needs to be, to be effective. Uh, the, The Patriots know that as well, John. This is not a mystery. You know, he's not a high, high level throwing talent in the sense of velocity, in the sense of driving the ball down the field. He's a rhythmic player. He sees things extremely well. He has a refined sense of timing. So in in the week prior, he did not look like that. And I think I mentioned that to you when we spoke. And of course, there's never a way to know what a guy's going to do the next week. All I do is watch the tape. And the week before, he looked like an uncomfortable player. Uh, this week, he looked far more comfortable versus the Vikings. He he was better protected, number one, which, yeah. of course, helps every quarterback. Um, I thought he had a better feel for the routes versus the coverage, and that yeah. made him more decisive. Right. So, of course, when you're more decisive – you tend to be more confident throwing the football and therefore his ball placement was really much more precise. And that's the kind of player he needs to be. He needs to be a precise ball placement thrower. So uh, there are, were, there are a lot of short throws, rhythmic throws, but that's his game. I thought the touchdown, uh, let's put it this way. I thought the feel that the Patriots had for the Vikings defense from a yeah. conceptual and tactical standpoint was really high level. So they had specific play concepts, route concepts that were designed to attack what they were anticipating based on tape study. And I thought they had a very, very good feel. Which made it look like Mac Jones. It was like a walk in the park almost. Like, like you know, they, they made it look pretty easy. And, and that's kind of what I was getting to. Like, how much of that do you think can carry over to this week, for example, against a Bills defense that 
as it faced <coughs> this year, but we know last yeah. year there was the, the bad weather game. You know, he has done nothing against this defense thus far. Not that it's no, no. And him. you're also dealing with a division opponent. They know him better than Minnesota does. Yeah. Um, you know, Von Miller will be out. It'll be an unknown. I know we're, we're speaking on a Wednesday, but it's That'll still help. not known, I guess, whether Rousseau and Epinesa are going to play. Um, so, you know, the Bills could be down some pass rushers. Uh, but, help. you know, I would assume Tredavious White, who played 16 snaps last week, the first 16, and then did not play anymore, I would assume he'd play more. But, again, we don't know that. Um, you're right. Uh, in his career, because – they played them three times last year. One was the cold game in which he threw three times. Right. But the other two games, he did not play particularly well against the Bills. So and that's a hard question for me to answer. Clearly, they're running a different offense than they did a year ago. Yeah. Uh, so it's 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 a it's a tough call. I mean, I I I'd love to give you an answer and yeah, with yeah. great conviction, but I right. don't know. Yeah. Well, you know. I think it's fair to say they're trending in the right direction. Look like a professional offense. You know, I, I felt like I was tipped off because he was completing a very high percentage of his passes. And I'm like, you know what? I'll take that as a step positive sign. Yeah. And that did lead to a, you know, very positive showing this week. And by the way, um, all those guys are full practice here today. Epinesa, Rousseau, Edmonds at linebacker. So they're. So they're- they were all full participants? Yeah, they're all good to go. And they're go. going. I mean, if you're a full participant today, the day before the game, unless you you're wake going. up tomorrow with a major setback, you're you're playing. Yeah, you're going. Now, do you look at the structure of the team, really? And right now, because Damien Harris is is trending probably toward not playing. Right. Um, you know, they only they don't use these rookie running backs, so... You know, Ramadre's been great, but he can only do so much. I mean, they do have a lot of weapons to kind of, you know, throw it a little bit more. They do, and they didn't run Stevenson very much last week in a game that was basically close. So it's I would think it'd be hard for you from a fantasy perspective to really get a handle from a predictive standpoint on what Stevenson's going to do as a runner because he's clearly the number one back. He plays in passing situations mostly as yeah. well, mostly. Yeah. Um but they did not run him very much last week. So, I, again, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, well, it hasn't been, you know, to the point, he hasn't been all that effective. I have him this week, 14 carries for 56 yards. That's not Which a lot. might lie. be very fair. Might be very fair. Because that's what they, that's about what he's averaging lately. Um, and, you know, correspondingly, you got to, I mean, they got to run someplace. So, Mac Jones, you know, might be throwing a little bit more. Might have to, of course. Uh, yeah, and Damian Harris has already been rolled out for this game uh, as well here. Um, looks like uh, Wynn is out for New England on the O-line, and then uh, Dawkins also out for uh, the uh, – Deion Dawkins, right? He's a starter still, right? Yeah, that that's a little bit of an issue because their offensive yeah. line is not high level to begin with, and Dawkins is a pretty good player, so – it's going to be interesting because one thing is the Patriots defense is very good. The Patriots are among the league leaders in sacks. Now, Allen is not necessarily easy to sack. Very often his sacks come from the fact that he tries so hard to make something happen, not from the fact that there's super quick pressure that gets him right to the ground. Yeah. Well, so, let's, let's but anyway, go, it's a tough defense to play against. Let's go to Josh Allen. Um, over the last five games as per Graham Barfield stat pack, you know, Opposing defenses basically abandoning the cover two looks 
um, just cover two on 8% of his dropback. So, so against non cover two shells, which is three, four, six, his completion rate is down three, nine, uh, 0.3%. Um, so, you know, there are some issues here offensively. I can't really pinpoint it, but Allen, it seems to be a little off. Yeah, I don't think he's played great. I mean, even in this game against Minnesota, uh, uh, against uh, Minnesota, yeah. uh, excuse me, the Lions. We were just talking about right, Minnesota right, right, right. With, against the Lions. I don't think he played one of his better games. But as we know, he's capable any time. I mean, that. I hope people understand how ridiculously special that 36-yard ball to Diggs was, yeah. in, 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 you know, at the end of the game. You know, that was, you know, we were talking in the matchup room and I was talking to other people. That was a ridiculously special throw. He's capable of that. I don't think he's played with the same level of consistency uh, over the last four or five games, certainly based on what Graham has done, that we've seen him play earlier this year and most of the last two years. Um, But, you know, they could get that back. I think they're trying to run the ball. I mean, I thought their 14-play 90-yard TD drive in the fourth quarter in which they took the lead was a very interesting drive for them because it was methodical and efficient. They were not asking Allen to take over the game. Now, obviously, did he? You know, can he always make a designed run if they call it, or can he always run if he feels he sees space when he drops back? Of course he can. But they did not put that drive on Josh Allen, go out and let's be Josh Allen and be special. They ran that as a pretty conventional offense, John. And Devin Singletary is clearly their lead back. Clearly, clearly their lead runner. Yeah, There's no I one mean, else. Cook gets carries, but yes, yeah, yeah, Singletary is their lead back. Right. Because like maybe that was in question with Naheem Hines added, but clearly that's not happening. So probably good news for Singletary. And Allen has not done particularly well in this matchup, even last year, um, under 60% completion rate and only six yards. No, I thought attempt. you're talking about the Patriots? Yeah. The two games they won, he was very good. Very good. Yeah, the numbers, some of the numbers are, he got he got four touchdowns and zero picks. But Yeah, he was, I mean, again, you know, I, I, can't, I don't have the, the numbers in front of me from a completion percentage standpoint, but I can remember the games and he was very good. He was yeah. the driving force of their offense in games in which they scored a lot of points. Well, maybe that's the playoffs because I'm not incorporate. I mean, they won thinking- one of the games, I think, 47-17, and the other they scored, I think, over 30. Did they not? Let's go take a look. Let's take a look. It's what the beauty of the mastery of the internet here. Uh, all righty. So that, well, let's look at the Week 15 game first. They won that game. Allen was, anyway, yeah, wait a second. He did throw for 314 with three. Yeah. Uh, and and was very good. Okay. And, and then, then I think, what was the final score in that game? Um, the, they won it 33-21. Yeah, they so they lost. got over 30. And I'm almost sure they won the playoff game 47-17. Right. So what I'm looking at is the <clears throat> first matchup and – that yeah, you're talking about the game in the ridiculous weather. Exactly. So that's what Yeah, you got to discount that game. Right. But but I know from going back even further, he has He had been, big problems against Belichick's defense early in his career he when has. and I'm being honest with you when he probably did not know what he was looking at and he was yeah. very scattershot as a passer. Now, I'm not suggesting he's going to come out and go 30 for 40. You know, again, we don't know and he hasn't been 
overly sharp in the last month. So maybe based on that, you can be predictive with the idea that he's not going to be special. But right. for sure, in those two wins last year, he was really good. Right, right. Certainly, um, you still you still respect that uh, that Patriot defense overall. I mean, what what do you think of that defense? How much have you seen of them lately? Oh yeah, I've seen a good amount. I mean, yeah, I've seen the Patriot D. I watch him this week. <clears throat> um, Feels like if you block Judon, you're 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 good. The Patriots play a lot of different people on defense. That's always been a Belichick staple. They play a lot of different people. They're very multiple with their use of personnel, particularly yeah. with their front alignments. That those have been Belichick staples for a long time. Um, a lot of different combinations. You know, it's it's almost impossible for me to chart what players play sure. in specific situations. So sometimes I just say forget it and I just watch. Yeah, uh, and, and you know what? That's that's great coaching when like you could play with your whole roster. Guys are fresh. You know. You know, there's still a high percentage single high safety coverage defense, but their percentage of man cover one varies now from based on the opponent. They used to play cover one 70% of the time. Now they still play single high, but they'll play more cover three. You know, could they play more cover three this week because they might yeah. be concerned about Josh running? I don't know, but they're, they're basically a single high safety defense. I mean, you play man against the Bills, you're – you're kind of risking it on both ends, you know, like manning up on Diggs and and even Gabe Davis, and also more more prone to. You know, well, they'll, they'll double Diggs in selected situations. I mean, they they actually doubled um, doubled Jefferson on his 37 yard catch on third and quarter, right. 37 in the second quarter last week. They went right. with an in and out bracket, and Jefferson still beat it. He split the bracket with speed, and Cousins hit him on the vertical route. So they will double Diggs in specific situations. Well, I'm looking for my Thursday night special and not a lot to choose from by the way you're thinking gabe uh, davis well gabe is almost too obvious for the special the special has got to be a lesser and he's player. not been great oh i know i know it's really between dawson knox and isaiah mckenzie and mckenzie got all the production i thought knox was going to get last week and i know knox well, it's funny because mckenzie mckenzie is kind of their man beater you know right. when, when the patriots played man last year mckenzie had a very good game in one of those games it might have been the regular season game yeah you could easily check that he caught but, a million balls yeah in that, in that game. <clears throat> but um you know just like mckenzie was a factor this week against the lions because the lions play a lot of man he right. caught the touchdown against man so mckenzie is kind of their man beater that's so we'll see. Point. You know, McKenzie could be a guy in this game if the Patriots play man. But you would have if you have to lean one way, they'll probably not play a lot of, of man. Um boy, you're asking me to get into Belichick's head, and I just <laughs> that's a hard but, call. But, I mean, wouldn't it make sense? I know it's oh he's always counterintuitive, but doesn't it make sense to zone up more? You would think because Allen will run when he sees green grass in front of him. You know, if he sees man and green grass, he, yeah. he could likely take off. Yeah. And then, or, or Diggs can kill it in man, you know? Well, unless you're going to double him, depending on right, the situation. Right, true. Then again, Dave, Gabe Davis can crush it in man too. So I'm, He can. I'm, He's capable. I'm, I'm leaning a little bit more zone with Dawson Knox, maybe find that soft spot in the zone because he's due. But I've got some time <laughs> Yeah, to they don't use it. him a lot. I know they don't. I know. I know. Which is interesting because I think he's got some talent. 
I don't know. There's something missing there. I can't put my finger on it. I yeah, don't get I, it. I would. I think that's a fair statement, but I don't know the answer to that. Well, you know, he did have a personal tragedy this year, so yeah, I, I think maybe he's not, you know, mentally that's there. That's very possible. Like, that's very know, possible. He's a human being. Great guy. Again, I'm one of my favorite combine interviews of all time. Honestly, um, let's move on, Greg. And uh, you saw the Lions, and you know, talk about this Lions defense because. You know, a lot of people hanging their hats on like lazy analysis. Oh, it's the Lions, but like they're, they're like not a pushover on defense now. No, and I think they've changed a lot of what they do. They're not quite as aggressive. They've they've decreased their man coverage a bit. You know, because that's the way they wanted to play, but they didn't have the people. Um, so they did play man versus the Bills. They still play man. You know, they're not giving man up because that was obviously their foundation all through OTAs and training camp. So that's what they were taught. So they're not going to give it up. It becomes a matter of degree. But they played far more cover two versus the Bills. Um, You know, they'll play some two-man, which is a little safer than cover one. Uh, But, no, this defense has gotten better. Um, And, you know, they're not great because they don't have great people. But right. they're better than they were, certainly, at the beginning of the season. Even their run defense hasn't been that bad. Uh, but do you think the fact that they are more man is is probably a good thing for Trevor Lawrence? And, you know, I mean, geez, got to give it up to that performance by Lawrence last week. No, Lawrence has played well the last number of weeks. And, you know, um, he's been a lot better in a number of areas. And I think... You know, one of the things that we saw early in the season and then it kind of regressed, but we saw it again this week and yeah. we've seen it a little bit more in each of the previous two weeks is he just looks so much more compact in his drop and his set and his delivery. His feet are quicker mm-hmm. um, and that allows him to get back in the pocket. It allows him to be the more decisive in his reads. He's turning it loose within the timing and structure of the route concepts you know, when you're a lazy dropper, John, and I'm not suggesting he was a lazy dropper. Right. I just think he needed work on his footwork and his quickness. It all starts with your feet. And if you're not back in the pocket ready to deliver when you should be, everything is a beat slower. And right. it might not look that way to the naked eye to people watching on TV, but that impacts the passing game dramatically. And this week, the first thing I noticed after watching five or six dropbacks when I watched his tape was, man, was he quicker in his drop and his set and his delivery? Everything about his body movements looked more compact. Okay. So a lot of it might, might be mechanical. I'm wondering how much of it is mental. You know, how much is he? Getting? Well, I think the mental in some ways follows the mechanical. You feel yeah. so much more comfortable. You see right. it better. You know, don't forget when you're dropping back and you're moving, you know, you don't see it quite as well as when you're there looking oh, at it. Absolutely. And you know, the great quarterbacks, and he's not great yet. You know, the hope is he becomes that. We'll see. You know, um, I'm not ready to say he's great. I don't think yeah, anybody yeah. is. But, you know, you have to, as a quarterback, there's a couple of things you have to feel. Okay. You can't play the position without feeling. You have to yeah. feel the rush, not see the rush. You have to feel where, where defenders are, not study where defenders are. If you can't do those two things, you're going to have a difficult time in this league being a quality quarterback on a week-to-week basis. And I think when you're back in the pocket quicker, your your chance for feeling those kinds of things yeah. goes up dramatically. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I, I feel like I could argue the opposite. You know, like if you're mentally 
knowing what's going on, then physically you're more confident. But and I it think goes both you're right. Ways. They, they go together. They absolutely yeah. go together. They do. But overall, pretty good spot here. Uh, no, he's he's played well, and let's hope he keeps it up because we, we want these young quarterbacks to become really good players. You know, that's that's what we're hoping. Oh, sure. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, it's really interesting. I was kind of surprised watching the Ravens' defense last week against Trevor. I, yeah. I almost had to, after a while, had to say, is this the Ravens' defense? They hardly played any man coverage. They played high percentage zone. You know, this is not sort of your grandfather's Ravens' defense. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, they've been doing that for most of the year, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I was worried about Marlon Humphrey potentially he traveling. He played in the slot, but they didn't play much man. He was on Kirk a lot. I did see that. And, and I'm yeah, sure well, that had... Just so you know, and I'm just being honest with you. Yeah. He, he's over Kirk when Kirk's in the slot, but they didn't play man. So he was not covering Kirk. Got I Understood. Understood. Yeah. For your benefit, I don't want you to act like, oh, he matched up against Kirk. Because he didn't match yeah, up against no, Kirk. Understood. Understood. Yeah. Um, just just in the general vicinity, I, I think is is. A, I mean, I still feel like Marlon Humphrey's playing at a very high level. He's a good player, but I mean, the fact is, is they they played Stevens number twenty one outside, which was really interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Well. Well. Again, I mean, with Kirk being a slot receiver, maybe that's why they kept Marlon inside. I didn't chart it. How much was Kirk in the slot last week? Oh, he's in the slot like eighty percent of the time. Is that where he is in a slot like 80% of the snaps? Yeah, on the season. Okay. 78.4% of the time in the slot. So that's kind of what I'm, you know, this is like the chess piece. Like, yeah, it's not man, but if he stays in the slot, that's where Kirk is, you know. Right. I mean, it's not man, but I see what you're saying. It's a problem for Kirk, which is what I pointed out last week. And actually, I actually started Zay Jones in three leagues because of that fact, believe it or right. not. And it was unbelievable. But, but but now, see, this week, now we're back to Kirk uh, this right. week because, you know, the inside matchup there might be good. Like, that's a great example, Greg, of that's what I'm looking for. Like, if I can get an example, uh, an ex- a- advantage that way, and granted, it doesn't always work, but there's a separator right there. You know, I don't know if other people were in on Kirk last week or not, but it's neither here nor there. But uh, while we're talking Lions, um, and we were, you know, Jared Goff quietly is very stable, right? I mean, they're kind of managing him, it seems, but he also has been dealing without playing without a lot of his weapons. No, I think, you know, we talked about this last week. You know, no one's going to suggest Goff's a top five quarterback in the league, but, you know, you can line up and play with Jared Goff. Um you obviously need other things to be functional and effective, but Jared Goff's a good thrower of the football. You know, every once in a while he'll get stuck in the pocket and he's not really a movement guy. Uh, but no, Jared Goff has, has played, you know, given the fact that they've not been stable at running back. I know Williams has a lot of touchdowns, but they really wanted Swift to be more of the guy and he's been in and out yeah. of the lineup. And given the revolving door at right wide receiver due to injury, you'd have to argue that Goff's had a very solid season. Oh, yeah. No question. Um, let's move on to the Cowboys. I know you saw them. And and our guy, Graham Barfield, had another great – I mean, there's a great nugget right here. When Dak Prescott is facing zone, Dalton Schultz leads the team in targets per route run against that coverage. Lamb is right behind him. But Schultz, his um, I think targets per route run dips 
uh, significantly against man coverage, which makes a ton of sense, right? Because Schultz is not the the greatest athlete out there. You know, no, he's more. He of did a, catch a touchdown against man this week, though. Did he? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But man, I, see, that's a great nugget right there. So you know, when I go into it, I look at you know, okay. The, every opponent, you know, and, and the Colts are not a man-heavy team, right, Greg? I mean, so this could be a Dalton Schultz game. Could be. Um, you know, the Cow- the Giants played a lot of man coverage, which the Colts probably will not play. Um, so, yeah, uh, could it be? Absolutely. Um, you know, I still think Lamb is kind of the number one guy here. But, you oh, know, sure. In this give- Schultz is probably number two in terms of comfort, you know, for, for yeah. Prescott right now. So I think that's probably a fair statement. Yeah, no no doubt. Um, Any thoughts on Zeke? These rookie, these young tight ends, I'm telling you, man, it seems like uh, this O-line and running game is rolling a little bit. Yeah, well, the Cowboys are playing, you know, a decent amount with with 12 personnel. Um, uh, Actually, more than 50% of their offensive snaps this week came out of 12 and 13 personnel. That's a lot. They play 20 new snaps. 22 snaps with two tight ends and 13 snaps with three tight ends. Yeah. So the question is, is that a philosophical approach now or a function of the lack of quality of 11 personnel, you know, at this point, do they not feel real comfortable with their wideouts other than lamb? I guess we don't know the answer to that right now. Or, or I, I would think that's the case for sure. Uh, James Washington is maybe coming back soon or might might they not like their blocking in 11 with, with Schultz? Maybe. Because that's what I noticed last year. Maybe. Because very him. often in 11, they'll bring Noah Brown into the formation as a blocker. That is probably And he's a why... very good blocker. He is good? Noah Brown is a very, very good blocker yeah. for a wide receiver. But he's still a wide receiver, you know. like Right, but know. I'm saying, yeah. you know, if you want to go 11, you know, and, and they haven't... They, done that as much but of course right. they will do it but right. Noah Brown if you're an 11 they yeah. often insert him into the formation through a shift or a motion and use him as basically a an inline blocker and he's he's a very good blocker oh it is interesting because uh, you know when the Cowboys can do that running game you know how we're used to it they, they can be tough to beat um so we shall see uh and by the way Jalen Hurts you know I had a conversation with our friend Mr. C Kaplan this morning on the radio and you know at the end of the day I think he's improved uh, I think he's got special qualities as a runner you know his his awareness out there is pretty incredible but I think we know he's can dominate in the regular season I guess the only question is you're in the playoffs against a good defense and you're down you know 10 to 14 points in the fourth quarter all right Jalen we need you to bring it bring us back with your arm because that is to me that's the only question with Jalen Hurts really uh and it's a legitimate question and and getting behind like that obviously changes the dynamic of their offense because when they're in a normal game or they're ahead they can do so many things with Hurts and the run game that stress and challenges defenses and makes defense have defenses have to play a certain way that they know from tape study. And then Hertz can be very proactive and decisive when they do throw the football. So maybe we don't know the answer to that. Um, all we have is what we have now. And I would say yeah. Hertz has played for the most part very well within the context of their offense. You know, sure. keep in mind one thing. I was having this conversation with someone this week and, and again, 
you always want good players everywhere and you want your, your team to execute. So it's not a knock on Jalen Hurts because every team would love to have the Eagles offensive line, arguably the best in football. Every team would love to have the quality of their receivers. Obviously, Goddard is hurt, but he'll be back. Every team would love to have two wide wide outs like Brown and Smith and a tight end, the quality of Goddard, okay? You know, obviously, they can run the ball. Sanders is clearly a quality back. And Gainwell played more snaps this week than in any game this season, okay? Mm -hmm. So they have a lot of, of really, really good people on offense, so, as I said, it takes nothing away from Hurts because every team would want this. But, you know, it, obviously everybody starts making lists of quarterbacks, you know, who's great and who's not. You know, he has everything you would want to have as part of your offense. Sure, sure. But I personally would <clears throat> rather roll with Joe Burrow because if we're up. I would imagine that pretty much everybody you would speak to, and I speak to people, as you know, would say that Joe Burrow is a better quarterback. I don't think that would I don't think yeah. that would be a debate for half a second with people. But that's right. you know yeah. that's it is interesting with, with And again, with it's not a knock on Hertz who's no, you know, obviously no. the team's ten and one and he's playing well and the team's playing well. But Joe Burrow would be considered a better quarterback and I don't think there'd be much discussion about it. I would I would say it this way maybe maybe you think I'm crazy, but I, I look at things in a in a momentum sense. I mean the momentum right now with Hertz is completely unstoppable almost everything is working well he's got a lot to do with that the coaches have a lot to do with that but that momentum can be seriously disrupted in a given week especially against a great defense john keep one thing in mind if if you if you include the five hertz scrambles the eagles had 49 rushes which of course doesn't even include a couple of um uh, uh, quarterback sneaks, and then a couple of kneel downs at the end. So, so let's, they had forty nine rushes. They ran for three hundred and sixty three yards. Those are college numbers. I know. All that's I not going to happen every week. Their run game's really good, but that's not going to happen every week. Yeah, but you know, I I would have a concern if I'm an, a fan that you know that the attempts are kind of decreasing because. I, I want the opposite to happen, maybe. And I know Goddard's out, but they started decreasing before that because I'm looking at down the road at the 49ers or the Cowboys. Uh, maybe. Let's go 49ers. Yeah. I mean, know? when in the NFL, it, it happens rarely that a team scores five offensive touchdowns with the quarterback only throwing for 153 yards. Yeah. But that's, yeah. that's you know, but there's other elements to their offense, as we know, that are very difficult to defend. So, Sure. You can't just look at Hertz's passing numbers. I know what you're saying, and maybe there will be a game, regular season or playoffs, where he is forced, you know, to drop back 40 times, and we'll see. It's we'll going to be how teams play it. You know, he's tough be to very defend. Fascinating. He's tough to defend. He is very tough to defend, but you know, it's going to be very fascinating. You know, again, not to go beat a dead horse here, but you know, you go, you know, you play San Fran, very good defense. They're loaded. You know, they make a couple plays. Oh, boy, that's going to be, you know. Right, that's... but, you know, then you get into the issue with the Niners, of course, that they're very erratic with their scoring on a week-to-week basis. Well, yeah, they have their issues, too. And, you know, McCaffrey, by the way, already, you know, Mitchell, you know, that lasted is for McCaffrey about a week and a half. McCaffrey is dealing with a knee, yeah. So is he questionable for this week? Yeah, um, yeah, he's definitely questionable. Interesting. So. Because I know he only had seven carries, and um, you know, obviously, um, 
obviously uh, the um, they played Jordan Mason at the end of the game. You know, it was right. it was you know more than a one score game. But but McCaffrey has not really been used, even when healthy, as a true feature back. Maybe that one game without Debo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on the injury report, questionable knee. Didn't practice on Wednesday. So uh, Shanahan said he's hopeful he will play Sunday, though. Maybe it's a little bit of a management thing, but certainly not the greatest sign there. But went off into a little bit of a wormhole there. But uh, just having uh, a convo. Oh, by the way, Bengal offense. I had one other thought here before we wrap it up here with Greg Cosell. Um, I think people should trade for, I know that it's getting late in the year, uh, Tyler Boyd, because when you look at the numbers, Tyler Boyd's production was soaring until Jamar Chase left the lineup. So Jamar, any thoughts well, Jamar there? Chase, I would assume Jamar Chase will play this week. Yeah. I don't know how much, because they said he was close last week. So I have to believe he's going to play this week. Yeah. I feel like the Bengals have kind of held it down pretty well without Chase. I feel like the lo- the offensive line has come together a little bit. Hayden Hurst has chipped in. T. Higgins has stepped up a little. Um, overall, I feel Burrow's playing pretty well without Chase. Well, you know what we always see with Burrow, and you saw it this week, Trent Irwin made a catch, Higgins made two or three, is Joe Burrow may be, I, I, again, I, I, you know, I don't want to say he is for sure because it's not like I'm charting throws from every single quarterback, but he may be the most aggressive quarterback in the league throwing to one-on-ones outside the numbers. How about decision-making wise though? I mean, I feel like he's, you, you know, if you're that and also making good decisions overall, that's pretty good. <clears throat> oh no, Burrow's a really good, I don't, I, I, yeah. I don't think there's not any reckless at all. Burrow. And you know, he's also kind of a sneaky secondary action movement player. Oh you yeah. Know? I mean, he's not an explosive athlete the way you think of Hertz or Josh Allen right, or right. obviously Lamar, who's, you know, in a class by himself when it comes to that kind of thing. But, um, you know, he's, he's a very poor man's Allen. Very he's sneaky. A poor, he's a very poor man's Allen, you know, c- coming home from a night of drinking, basically. That, that's a barrel compared to Allen, but uh, I'm kind of kidding. <clears> yeah, well, I mean, Josh is, is – is, there's no there's – Josh no runs like a deer. runner in the, in the league for a quarterback, physical I'm talking about, than Josh Allen. No. No, but his explosiveness is ridiculous too. Yeah, yeah. Which Burrow doesn't have that, you know. No, no. But he's sneaky, athletic. He makes he second reaction a, plays. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, any other any thoughts on? I see you went. You know, like you looked at Derrick Henry. How is Derrick Henry looking to you lately? You know. Um, you know that's a hard question. He hasn't had really long runs. Although when he caught the sixty-nine yard screen, he did run away from people. Um, yeah, yeah. So. You know, you have to remember, John, they've got serious issues on their own line. Yeah, serious. Yeah. You know, no, I, playing, I think he looks okay. Yeah, I do too. I mean, yeah. you know, they're playing a rookie right tackle. They're playing a journeyman left tackle who probably shouldn't be a starter. With Ben Jones out the last two weeks, they're playing a 275-pound center. Now they're playing Dylan Radens, the second-year player from North Dakota State at, at guard. And he's not really a good player at this point. Whether he becomes one, who can say? Um, so their O-line is not very good. This is going to be an intriguing matchup for them against a D-line for the Titans because the Titans the Titans play the same way all the time. I know they're coming off a tough loss, and they're coming to Philly, and maybe Philly thinks they're going to kick their ass. But the you know, thing about the Titans and Vrabel is they are tough, 
They're physical. They're competitive. They're nasty. They will make the game a heavyweight fight. And on that note, I'm not saying they'll win, but they'll make the game a heavyweight fight. Oh, sure. Absolutely. That's 35 minutes right there um, with Greg Cosell for the week 13 matchup podcast. Just a little bit of a taste of the inside. We got pages and pages of notes that we could have gone through, but we will go through uh, on the live stream for Thursday night leading up to the kickoff there. And then you can check it out on demand. If you're a subscriber to fantasypoints.com. if you're not never too late to subscribe promo code Hanson 22 for 10% off wrapping it up here. Listen to all the other podcasts, of course, give us a rating and a review, please a review, throw, throw us a bone here uh, for Greg Cosell. I'm John Hanson. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.